Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. You may be seated today in all the locations. It's just an honor to be with you every year. It's one of my highlights to be able to be in one of my favorite places on the planet. No exaggeration, I'm always a part of online church. Every week I listen to Radiant, and um, there's about six pastors that I listen to, and your pastor is my favorite. (laughs) But I seriously love Pastor Aaron, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was laughing a while ago whenever he said I was his youth pastor. I was over there going, oh, Jesus, I remember those days. Oh, Jesus, I remember those I'm so excited. Hey, listen, I want you to really lean into today's message, okay? Really lean into it. I'm going to give you some real, I'm going to expose some things to the enemy, and I'm going to give you some real practical ways to counter that. And I'm going to tell you right up front, some of them are going to be so simple that you're going to have a tendency of dismissing it. Sometimes it's the simple things in life that can really make a difference, amen? And I find it fascinating, last year I had a a major crash in my own personal life after two years of just trying to navigate our church family through, you know, the the chaos that we went through. I literally lost my, one of my dearest, dearest friends uh, within a matter of two hours. I'm texting him one minute, and in August, two hours later, uh, his son calls me and said, will you come raise my dad from the dead? And I've never had a death affect me the way that Paul Morris's death affected me. And it, it, it put me in a tailspin, and I realized that I wasn't healthy. Wow. I realized I was broken. Wow. And I'm afraid that a lot of us are walking, walking around broken, yeah. and we just don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just keep suppressing it and yeah. suppressing it. And so uh, I, I want to share with you this morning a message that I'm just simply going to call cultivating a healthy soul. And it really goes right along with where Radiant has been going all year long. I love a pastor like your pastor who wants just a healthy church, right? Because a healthy church is a growing church. A healthy church is going to produce healthy people, right? And um, last December, in my brokenness and in my journey, the Lord really magnified a verse of Scripture that I have been t- devoting the entire year to this one verse. And that's 3 John 2 that says this. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I know a lot of people, they spend their health to gain wealth, and then they have to spend their wealth to hope to get their health back. That's not God's plan for you, right? He wants you to be healthy, wealthy, wise, good, and, and, and right? And I know the Bible, listen, I know the Bible says do not envy the sinner, right? I, I know that, but sometimes it's not easy, okay? Sometimes I look at people and I go, man, they got so much more money, and man, look at that hot wife and the wonderful kids, and don't, you do it too, so don't go, throw your stones at me. And, and, and they get the whole weekend to have fun and relax, and then I look at a lot of church people and I go, man, they're just jacked up, Right? And I know that things are not as they appear. I understand that too. But I remember I was just kind of complaining to the Lord about that. I called it prayer, but I was complaining. And, 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 and the Lord's, I really believe the Lord showed, said to me, he said, Richard, it's because they have healthier souls than you do. Oh, Say so your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. That's right. 
If you can get, have the right attitude, if you can have the right thinking, right. if you can have the right motions, can I tell you, it will release the blessing of the Lord. Yes. It's attached to it. Man, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow. Amen? Yes. And so I've devoted my entire life. Now, I have uh, this entire year, and I've been praying for years, years I've been praying for the spirit of Issachar that I would understand the times that I'm in and I would have wisdom to know what to do with it. Wow. Now, can I tell you, we are in crazy confusing times, yes. Yes. right? And, and one verse of scripture that I have literally made a trademark in my life for decades now, I think enlightens some things that's going on right now. And it's found in the old book of Daniel in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7. Look what Daniel says, uh, describing the last days, okay? He says, and he, the enemy, the, he will speak great words against the Most High, and he will, say it with me, wear out the saints. And, how, and he tells us how he's going to do it. He's going to wear them out by doing two things, by changing times and changing laws. Now, I'm old enough to tell you, I'm telling you right now, times have changed, okay? Whenever my wife and I was dating in Bible college, okay, not too far from here in Southeastern Bible College, uh, during the summer, it cost too much to hang on. She lives a long distance. She was in North Carolina. I was in Florida. And we would spend five minutes a week on long distance phone call because it costs so much, okay? You have no clue what the luxury you have. But uh, it, it cost too much. And so we wrote letters. And when I wrote my wife a letter, my girlfriend, a letter, I wasn't expecting to get a response till a week later. Come on. Right? Now you text somebody. If they don't answer you in five seconds, you wonder if they're mad at you. <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah. Things are getting faster and faster and faster. And they are not going to slow down. Okay? In a ball game, as, as you get to the end of the game, time goes faster and faster, and every split second matters. And this is where we are, church, okay? So he's changing times, and he's changing laws. This week alone, we've had two laws change, one dealing with gun control and the other one dealing with abortion, right? And, and, I mean, and by the way, changing the law of abortions is, is awesome, but let me tell you what, it's not new laws that we need, it's new hearts that we need, okay? Because there's a lot of laws. There's laws out there that say don't murder anybody, but people murder people. There's laws out there that say don't drink and drive, but they do it. It's laws are not going to change anything. We need the kingdom of God to come and for people to fall in love with Jesus and with life, amen? So, so anyway, but, but everything's changing. They're redefining marriage. They're redefining sexual identity. And, and we're all confused. As a public speaker, I come before you in fear and trembling because I know it's impossible for me to talk for 30 minutes and not say something stupid. It's impossible. Somebody's going to be offended. Just get over it, okay? Just, uh, but, 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 but seriously, I mean, and can I tell you that this environment wears you out. Yeah, we are exhausted. I want to point out three things, and I will give you 10 practical things that I've done that have literally changed my life. But, but I want to point out three. There's multiple, but I only have time for three, and I'm going to squeeze that in. And the first one is this, information overload. 
Information overload. We are in major information overload. Now, listen, I'm not an IT guy. I don't hack computers for a living. But Google and me make a very smart combination. And I found out on Google that if someone wants to crash a, 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 a website, if they want to um, invade it, they want to hack it, one of the tactics is, is they will flood the server with all of these fake requests. In other words, they overload the system. It crashes, and that's how they get in. Can I tell you, that's exactly what's happening to us, guys. We, are, we have an information overload. Our brains are not designed to know all the information that's being pumped into our heads. I don't need to know when the Queen of England sneezes. Seriously, friend. And, and I personally think that it could be a modern attempt today of us trying to become God because only God knows everything and it's a it's a pride thing you don't want somebody else to know something you don't know you got to know it first blah 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 and but can I tell you we shouldn't be surprised Paul told Timothy that this is how it's going to be in the last days he actually says that there's going to be a time coming when they're always learning and never able to acknowledge the truth that's right we're always learning. We're just heaps of information. But people are wanting information, but they are rejecting truth. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I tell my congregation, stop studying the Bible to learn truth. Follow me. Because all you're doing, many people, all they're doing is they're trying to get truth so they can get their argument together so when they get out there, they can, get, they can win the argument. Listen, friend, you're, you're losing the battle. You're losing the war, okay? Stop studying the Bible for truth. Study Jesus to learn the way. Because sinners wanted to be with Jesus. Jesus was not friendly to sinners. He was actually their friend. Huge difference. And, and because of that, they then wanted to know his way of life. And they were open then to hear truth. Amen. So, so uh, we, but we have this information overload. Have you ever, have you ever stopped long enough to ask yourself this question? Why are all the famous quotes given by people who lived 200 years ago? Why are all the famous quotes, you know, you know, Benjamin Franklin and Noah Webster and, you know, uh, Martin Luther King. What? Can I tell you the reason I think? It's because we have so much information coming, we don't have time to actually go deep. Wow. We're extremely shallow. When they got a book, when they got a book, they would, that was the only book they got for three months. When they had a thought, they would think on that thought for two weeks and go deep. We've got to once again, church, pull back, slow down, and get deep once again. Or else we're going to be swallowed up with the shallow crowd that's around us. Somebody say amen. amen. Information overload. Okay, ladies, number two. Ladies, don't get mad at me because you're going to go, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Ladies, multitasking. I know you think you can do 15 things at once. We know men can't, okay? Yeah. We, we, we all, I confess, I yield to you, right? But, but ladies, can I tell you, you think you can multitask, but it's humanly impossible to multitask. 
Now, I love that Noah Webster 1828 dictionary. I go there all the time because he's a founding father. There's more scripture in Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary than there is in many pulpits. I mean, and, and so I like to go there whenever I look for a definition. I went to Noah Webster's dictionary to find the term multitasking. And you know what I found out? It's not there. And it's because the term was not created until 1965 by IBM Incorporation to explain that they have now created this thing called a computer that can do multiple things at the same time. A computer can do it. Humans can't. You think you can, but the truth of the matter is, is your brain's just shifting back and forth very quickly between these two tasks. Or, and, and, and so we just keep throwing eggs in the air and seeing how many things we can get going. And, 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 and our brains are just kind of, I mean, our, we're just shifting, shifting, shifting. And at the end of the day, we're just like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> of course you are. Your brain is wore out. Your soul is empty. It's exhausted. And, and, and the multitasking is robbing us. Yeah, yeah. But the number three thing is lack of sleep. Lack of sleep. Uh, so I, I have a book recommendation for you. It's the best book I've read, in my personal opinion, in 10 years. And that's a huge thing because I read about two a week. Uh, it's called Stolen Focus. It's written by Johan Hari. Get it. It's an amazing book. It's not a Christian book. But, but in it, he does all of this research. And he found out this. He said this, non-Christian, he said this, that we were created, human beings were created to function in the rhythm of our nature. In other words, we're supposed to rise with the sun and go to sleep with the moon. This is the way that we're functioning. Our bodies are designed to function with the environment that God created us in. The problem is, is we no longer live by the rhythm of nature. We live by the rhythm of machines. And we are exhausting ourselves. Our bodies are exhausted. Our minds are exhausted. Our souls are depleted. Do you realize 90% of the people that are listening to me right now, you end your day in bed looking at your phone or your iPad, your computer or a TV to the very moment that you go to sleep. You're checking your latest post. You're checking the latest email, latest tweet, blah, blah, blah. And what you don't understand is that it has been proven fact that when God created us, he created us in such a way that when the sun set, we would get a 30-minute boost of energy. It was designed so that we would have time to get back to our tribe when we were out hunting. Or it was designed to give us the energy to sit up camp to survive the night. Now, here's the problem. We are in bed with a blue screen screening at us, when, the, when we get through, we push the power button, and our body thinks the sun just set. And so for the next 30 minutes, we have this boost of energy. Yeah. Our minds are yeah, going yeah. nuts back and forth. We can't go to sleep, so we pop, pop some PMs and some melatonins like I did for the last 10 years. Yeah. Right? And, and, and we don't understand what we're doing to ourselves, and we're robbing ourselves of that deep sleep that we need. Do you know statistics say that 40% of Americans are sleep-deprived? In other words, they sleep less than seven hours a night. 23% sleep less than five 
That's where I lived for the last 20 years. Uh, only 15% wake up refreshed, and uh, 20%, we sleep 20% less now than we did 100 years ago because of electronics and lights and bells and whistles and so forth. Now, here's the problem with that. Whenever you're sleep-deprived, your body doesn't know why you're sleep-deprived, but your body has been made in such a way that when you lose sleep, it, it interprets it as, oh, there's an emergency. i got to get ready for an emergency. And so when you're sleep-deprived, your body automatically creates these physiological changes to prepare for the emergency. And so you have this rise in blood pressure. You automatically just eat more, especially sugar, because that gives you a lot of energy, and you raise your heart rate. Sound familiar? In fact, can I tell you, if you just sleep more, you'll lose weight. <laughs> because you're not eating. <laughs> but, but also, listen, all this is documented. Also, when you're asleep, did you know, I didn't know this till a few months ago. When you sleep, the, the back of your spinal cord opens up and fluid flushes out of your spinal cord into your brain, washing out all the brain poop. It washes your brain. You know, at the end of the day, how you just can't think as straight, you know, you're, you're just kind of slow and, and you feel foggy. That's brain poop. You need to go to sleep and get a brain for a flush. But that literally happens when you're sleeping. When you're sleeping, your body is being re-energized. Your mind is being re-energized. It's being cleansed. And, and, and you need this sleep. Here's the problem, though. We live in a culture that does not want you to sleep. Right. Okay? Our, our economy is based upon and propped up by sleep-deprived people. Amazon does not want you to sleep. Because when you're sleeping, you're not purchasing. Yeah. Right? Facebook doesn't want you to sleep because when you're fa sleeping, you're not on Facebook making them money. Twitter, all of this is all designed. And in fact, there's a prediction that if everybody in America started sleeping eight hours a night, we would have an economic collapse. But, but this is a tactic of the enemy. Can I remind you what Psalms 127 says? It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Watch this. I never connected these two before. In vain you rise up early and stayed up late, toiling for food and eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So what's the answer? And there's a lot of other things, but what's the answer? I think, I think the answer, so the problem is the enemy wants to wear you out through changing of times, right, and laws. What's the answer? I think we've got to go back to Daniel and find that as well. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel is captured. He's, he's a prophet that was captured by the enemy, and he was brought in to sit at the king's table to become a prophet for the king. And, and Daniel says this. He says, will you give me permission to push away from the table? Will you give me permission, he says, not to defile myself with his foods? And if you read the story and know it well, you, you know that Daniel's eyes were brighter than the rest of them. He was able to see and had wisdom way above everybody else. And listen, if we're going to be the answer to the world, we've got to not be caught up in the culture of it. We've got to push away yes, yes. from some of these things that are subtly robbing us kind of reminds me, I, my, probably one of my favorite characters is David in the Old Testament. And I, I could preach 15 sermons off of David and Goliath. 
But here's one. I don't know if you've ever seen it this way before. The Bible says it this way. It says that Goliath would come out every morning and every evening for 40 days. Okay. In other words, he won. He, he made established something in the morning. He reestablished it as they slept at night for forty days. He created this culture, and what he did was he did three things. It says that he came. He came out, and he wanted to define. He wanted to define the rules for battle. He said, "Am I not a man? Send me a man." Now, listen. If you're in a if you're in a war, do not let your enemy determine the rules of battle. Yeah. Right? right. I mean, wh- when he came out and said, "Send me a man," why didn't they all just jump him? I mean, come on. That could have taken the cat, right? I mean, come on. So, but, but you don't let your enemy establish the battle plan. But secondly, he re-identified who they were, okay? But watch this. It says this. He, he came out and he says, am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? They were not the servants of Saul. They were soldiers of the living God. Yeah. They were not servants, they were soldiers. And they were not of Saul, they were of the living God. Right. But the, he was defining them because you behave the way you I see yourself. Right. And, and see, Saul was a coward. Saul, we know, was head and shoulders above everybody else. He should have been the one that took on Goliath, but he was a coward. And if you see yourself as a servant of a coward, you can only function as a coward yourself. Right. And he established this culture where they right. could not win. They, 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 were, they were cowarded down, and he reestablished it every day and every night. Then we have David, who had not heard this. First, first pizza delivery boy, bringing bread and cheese, 17 years old, to his brothers. And he comes, and he had not been, he had not been programmed by the local news media and, and, and um, social media and everything else out there. He, he, he's completely outside that world. He comes, and he hears something he had never, nobody else heard. And he said, whoa, 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 time out, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is this cat? Who is this uncircumcised? In other words, he's not even got a covenant with God. Who is he to defy the armies of the living God? And he was able to bring uh, justice to the area. If you and I are going to me- bring uh, the answers, we have got to make sure that we're not under the same spirit of the world. This is what, listen, this is what Paul was trying to say. This is nothing new. This is something that Paul was trying to say to the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 12, look at it with me. It, it says that do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world. You can be, listen, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and still live according to the pattern and the spirit of the world. Yes, right. Right? Whenever you get born again, whenever you accept Jesus into your life, when you become a Jesus follower, your spirit comes alive, but your soul has to be renewed. Yes. The renewing of the mind. He says, don't be confirmed. Any, don't, don't, don't behave like the world anymore. Okay? Don't, don't get caught up in that pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your, say it, mind, which is your soul. Okay? So, so we've, got to, we've got to do some things. So let me very quickly, as I close. I'm going to give you 10 very fast, right, real fast, real fast. Now, this is so simple, you're going to go, eh, eh, it's too easy, too easy. It's not going to, it will make a difference in your life. Okay. First thing I did, first thing I did, I pulled out my phone and I removed every app possible. I removed everything. I, I tried to make this phone as dumb as I could. Okay, because I'm dumb and I, I don't like it being smarter than me. No, I removed every app. Now, just for the record, Radiant app is still on my phone. You need that app. Okay. Okay. But but listen, I removed every app. My phone no longer interrupts me. 
Jacob, I apologize. I didn't respond to your text last night when I was at the airport and you were trying to pick me up. I, my phone was off. So nobody, this phone does not control me anymore. It's changed my life, okay? Number two, I only check my email once or twice a day. Once in the morning, once in the evening, I'm not that important. I know you are, but I'm not that important, okay? And I'm just not going to get caught up in spending a lot of time getting interrupted. Number three, I only visit social media once a day, maybe every other day. In fact, now I've almost gotten to where I do it only like once or twice a week. I, it's just, I just don't care. Listen, if it's important, I'm going to find out about right, it. Right, right. And, and listen, I, I, I stopped watching news too, Okay. I even stopped watching Fox News, okay? Fox, Fox is no different. They're, they're still trying to stir up fear and intimidation, okay? It's just a different side. And, and I, I, just, I just, if it's important, I'm going to find out about it. Listen, two weeks ago when there was a shooting in Texas, okay, I found out about it within minutes, hours maybe, okay? And, and I remember I went home that night, and, and I was tempted to want to turn on the, the, the news and hear all the details and all the theories and, you know, all that. I, 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 right? I was tempted to do that. And I turned to my wife and said, we are not watching the news. We know what happened, okay? And we're watching Andy Griffith. And I was a happy camper. I had a healthy soul that night. That's good leadership stuff right there, Andy Griffith. But, but listen, I can pray for Texas just as effectively, probably more effective, not getting caught up in the spirit of the world, right? And the same thing with the, same thing with the decision of overturning rate. People talk, called me within minutes. I, I, I knew about it. I don't have to, okay? I, I'm not saying bury my head in it. I'm just going to pull back from the table. Can somebody say amen? Number four, and i got to move quick. Number four is I create extra time in my day so that I can actually look for and invite interruptions. Only Pastor Aaron would know. I, I've always been one of those. I, for years, I learned how to do better time management, and I could fit more things into my day, and I could get this done, and I could get that done, and I go. But the problem with that is, is people would come and talk to me. I'd be kind, and I would take a moment to talk to them. But in the back of my head, I'm going, "How much longer is this going to take? Because I got to get moving on." Right? As I study the life of Jesus, I never, I don't believe that Jesus ever ever once made somebody feel like they were imposing on his time. He always took time to stop and welcome that person, which brings me to my next point, and that's this. I've I've practiced being present. Just be present. I always have lived with the next thing in mind. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? You know, I'd be doing it. I'd look forward to a vacation, and I would be looking for it. And while I'm in the vacation, I'm looking, okay, when I get back, I got to do this. No, be present. The yeah. greatest gift that you can give somebody is be present yes. there with them. Can somebody say amen? Okay, the next one, don't hate me, but I now read paper books again. I love my iPad. I love the fact that I could carry my entire library with me. I love that I could find a quote in my books that I'm studying. I loved all that. But here's what science will tell you. The studies have shown that, that when you take a paper book and you read that the eye movement of going across the page actually is what's putting it into your memory. When you scroll, all you're doing is looking for high points, highlights, and, and, and it does not go into your memory. So now, I, I have started reading paper books. I only read my Bible out of my paper Bible. Now, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is a, the number one 
definition that Jesus gives to the last days is deception. The problem with deception is you don't know you're being deceived. And Satan is subtle. And he doesn't want you to hide God's word in his heart. And I'm telling you, there's a difference between reading God's word off a paper and reading it on an electronic device. And it's not because I'm an old geezer. It's truth. Okay? Chew on it. Chew on it. So I read paper books. Number seven, I eliminate the light from my bedroom. Okay? I turn off all the, ex- I, I, I turn off all the lights, uh, uh, electronic devices, at least an hour so that I can get eight hours of sleep. Even last night, I recharged my phone in the bathroom, closed the door. It was weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had to in, in the hotel room. Eight, I exercise and eat better. When you exercise better, you do eat better, by the way. All right? I mean, I used to always look at the price tag. Now I look at the calorie count. And I go, oh, that's another hour on the treadmill. No, thank you very much. <laughs> I just, right? I'm proud to say nine months ago, I lost 25 pounds, and I'm feeling good. Take that. But anyway. I recharge my phones, as I said a while ago, and my iPads, everything in another room. And the last one, and this one is very hard for me, and that is I try to fight against multitasking. Okay? Um, Even now, if I touch my phone driving down the road, because I'm still working on texting and driving, trying not to. um, If I touch it, I have to immediately make it my power button. And I just turn it off. I just make myself do it. Now, in closing, let 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 me bring this in for real quick. So in Jesus' day, rabbis were everywhere, and they would recruit disciples. And every rabbi had a niche. Every rabbi had a certain way that they would study Scripture. Okay, they had a certain topic. And even preachers today just have certain things that are their bread and butter. For me, it's I just want to love Jesus and hope to inspire other people to love Jesus. That would be my number one thing. Number two would be discipleship. Number three would be honor and humility. And then number four would be a move of God. And by the way, we need a move of God in our nation. Amen. But every, every, every rabbi had a certain way that they studied Scripture, a certain bent that they looked. And that way was called his yoke. His yoke. So when he invited a disciple to come, he says, I want, you, I want you to submit to this yoke, this way of interpreting scripture. And I find it fascinating, especially in this day, when the enemy is wanting to wear out saints. That Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says this, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my, say it, yoke. Take my way of understanding, interpreting scripture. This is, this is the lifestyle that I've given myself to. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. And you will actually find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Can I tell you something, church? In this world, that's just more and 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 more information, more this, more that. Jesus is inviting us to separate ourselves from that and to enter into a lifestyle of simplicity, of ease, of joy, of peace. And my life has been changed. Please don't disrupt this so quickly chew on this message think about maybe taking some of these practices 
I am healthier now than I've ever been in my adult life, and I want that for you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would burn your word in our hearts. Let us hear the voice of Jesus. This says, those of you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, and I want to give you rest. I'm easy. My way is simple. Before we leave here today, I know many of us, we could relate to this message one way or the other, and you just you need to just ask God to help you apply that. But there's one group of people, you're still searching. And you're here today, and you go, Pastor, I, I, I really don't have that relationship with Jesus like you're talking about. I, 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 I'm, I'm so wrapped up, I'm filled with anxiety, I'm so overwhelmed, and I recognize that I've got to stop controlling this ship. I've got to stop driving this ship. I need to ask Jesus to forgive me. I need to ask Jesus to take reins of my heart. I need to ask Jesus to come and teach me his yoke. And I want to submit my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus today. The Bible says if we'll just simply ask him, he will save us. He will deliver us. He will set us free from the guilt of sin and come and give us that peace in life. If that's you, in this campus and all campuses across Tampa and, 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 and on, online, if that's you, you say, Pastor, I need to know that, Jesus. If you will, just raise your hand real high. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Yes, yeah, several hands. Yeah, several more hands. I know over in the other campuses, keep your hand up real high, real high. In fact, if you have the courage, just throw up both of them like a sign of surrender. Could you just do that? A sign of surrender, a sign of daddy, pick me up. Father, in the name of Jesus. You see our hands. You see our hearts. We ask, God, that you would forgive us. We ask, Father, that you would take the reins of our heart. Come, Lord, and give us your peace. Teach us your ways. We want to take your yoke upon us today. Lord, not only those who are committing their life to Christ, but all of us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Don't you love God's word? Give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. Love you, Radiant. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.